0: Right as always, uh, welcome to the Kerry Dixon Show this week. And uh, as always, I've got the uh, the Chelsea legend that is uh, Kerry Dixon with me. But before all of that, I should uh, tip a hat to our lovely sponsors, who are ChelseaFan12 dot com, the home of the twelfth man, the fan, and uh, they have a wonderful website uh, which uh, has got lots of memorabilia which you can buy, and all sorts of news and videos, including the. Uh, the fantastic Chopper and Chips videos, which are filmed at the Butcher's Hook after every home game. So get along and either watch them uh, in uh, live or, of course, check them out on their website afterwards. And uh, they are on Twitter, at Fan12Chelsea. And as always, thanks to them for their lovely support. Kerry, how are you today?
1: I'm fine, thanks, Dave.
0: Excellent stuff. We've got lots to cover today. We've got the Everton game from this week, Watford last Saturday, of course, and... Uh, Bournemouth to come uh this Saturday. So without further ado, let's get straight into the Everton match. Always good to see Chelsea get through in a cup com- competition, but I think uh you know, most supporters were intrigued by uh Conte's team selection. Of course, we had quite a lot of youngsters on the pitch uh, on Wednesday night, didn't we?
1: Yes, we did, and I have to say they acquitted themselves very well. Um always pleasing to see, and uh, I have to say it was a bit of a boost uh, for the uh, squad and indeed the team um, from the Watford win because the Watford win albeit three points was uh, rather fortuitous I have to say um, in in my opinion and uh, the welcome re- uh, the Everton result was very welcome indeed on the back of that so uh, whereas I feel we're still in a little bit of uh, let's say confusion or we're still not quite right I feel at the moment but uh, we're still managing to get the results which is uh, the most important thing being a results business
0: Absolutely right, and uh, we'll talk more about the Watford game in a minute. But um, talk to the Everton game. I mean, I thought we were we were pretty much in control for the first half. But uh, like so many matches recently, it's you know it's a, it's a kind of you know there there are two sides to this Chelsea side, isn't there? One that, that you know whoever plays it seems, you know one looks very confident, assured, and totally in control, and the other one looks as though it's going to ship a goal at any minute, and that's pretty much what we saw in the second half. But uh, William's goal was a cracker, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's an absolute dream goal. You know, you don't know where they're going to come from these days. You, you anticipate the strikers and, um, you know, they have been delivering, I have to say. Um, but Williams' goal was a screamer. It was a, a lovely goal to watch and took it very well. Um, nice little one-two and then off the far post. Um, you know, and on top of that, there's been there's been some very good goals, but you're absolutely right. It's a bit, a bit of Jekyll and Hyde at the moment. And you'd, we've got back to the days where you never really know what, what the score's going to be. There's, there's been times over recent years when you go to a game thinking, well, 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. Um, these days, it's definitely a one. It's possibly a two, and it could be any other score either way, um, <laughs> here on independent depending on who you're playing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree with what you're saying, and I fully agree with what most supporters are saying.
0: But, I mean, here's the question, Carrie, You know, wh- why is that? Why are we so inconsistent at the moment? Do, do you have any ideas?
1: you, know, you talk about you know, we say inconsistent and, you know, people can argue stats uh, both ways or whatever. And, you know, where we are in the league, a third, fourth, whatever, fifth, we, we go up and down in and around that position, usually at the moment behind the two Manchester clubs who seem to be, I was going to say, setting a, a pretty consistent pace. But uh, Manchester United proved at the weekend that uh, consistency is not always the key with everyone when they... They dropped uh, points at Huddersfield, which was a very surprising result. But nevertheless, um, Manchester City are setting a hot pace. Our inconsistency, well, you know, people will say we, we picked up three points at home to Watford. Well, yeah, we did. But uh, I, I can't believe what I saw there. I, I mean, we should have been 4-1 down uh, before we eventually got on top and secured the points. But, you know, they missed a, a sack for the chances and chances that most people would normally put away and uh, they'll be ruining a missed opportunity I'm sure Watford um, considering where they were at the time above us in the table so you know um, these are the sort of things that are happening and the Premier League is a tough one to win and whereas before like I said you go around tipping 1-0 2-0 3-0 Chelsea depending on who you're playing these days it seems you're going to have to think very hard before you tip a result, and uh, and even if you're winning two nil, there's no surety or guaranteed that it. um, it's over until the, the whistle's actually blown.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think to a certain extent you're right. I mean, you know, we're still pulling the results out of the bag. I mean, I know we we, we lost to uh, Palace and and City, but you know, basically. We are pulling the results out, so I, I don't think it's inconsistency necessarily with the results. I think it's in the performances, and and not just that. It's it, it's in the same game. I mean, I think Everton was a, and actually Watford to a certain degree were classic examples of of that, weren't they? You know, there were bits of it where we played brilliantly, and there were bits of it where we were shocking, and there doesn't seem we. I think it. I think what frustrates a lot of supporters, me particularly, is is the inability to string together a, a good performance for ninety minutes. And that's not what you know it's what I'm not seeing at the moment
1: no, we've not seen that at the moment but uh, i mean I'm going to be honest go back on the defense of a team here I mean very rarely does anyone put ninety minutes in but it, but usually a team that's dominant will put in a good seventy seventy five mm. um minutes, and you know obviously there'll be a period of the game where um the, the opposition will feel that they can get something out of the game. that's always the case, and they've got a strike uh, when they can. But uh, no periods of domination for Chelsea are are very fleeting. We we dominate for 15 and then are poor for 10 and then mm. we get on top again and then we we're poor again and anything can happen. And you know, I, I don't know whether it's a battle for positions because I have to say you know whereas people feel and I've often said in the past, squad players have got to put pressure on players playing regularly in the first team um, and and they've got to take their opportunity when it comes to them. These situations happen, but I, I do feel that they've happened so much, and no one's actually nailed down a position. Like I ask you to put name your back three, and you wouldn't for sure put anyone in, perhaps as Billy effort, mm. in, in a three, um, and you, you take your pick out the rest. Um, I, I would guess it so is about any four, any two from four, if you pick it a three, and then you you say your midfield best. Positions, you wouldn't necessarily only perhaps Alonso and Moses, Moses down the two flanks. You, you'd probably say, well, yes, and that's the rarity saying that two Moses and Alonso are, um, uh, would be the two that in wide positions. And and okay, you're just about at the moment. Well, most people would say Maratta but you know, Baccioli is at last putting <laughs> a, a few goals in and, uh, and and putting himself in a challenging position. That's that's how I see it. Um, I'm not going to say it's neck and neck because Murata would still be most people's first choice, mm. but um has come in with a couple of goals again, and people are starting to question. Oh, I, I'm not sure we're 100, percent and I'm not sure anyone would know what our best team is.
0: Mm. And maybe Conte doesn't either, which is half of the half of the issue, perhaps. Um, just going back to the to the uh, the Everton game in particular, you know, which, which of the youngsters impressed you particularly on Wednesday?
1: Yeah, and Purdue probably. Um, mm. I think he's, pro- he's probably the best performance out of all of them. I think, uh, you know, you talk about going and play, you know, Mathunda's come in and he, he, he's done what he's done and oh, they've done OK. And you look before, you, you know, Christensen's been in he, he does OK. And, you know, I suppose OK is, is what is required. Um, you just don't want a nightmare. Um Really, you want a worldy? you want to go in there and play really well and say oh. and I think to a degree, um And Purdue possibly did that. Not not a worldy, mm. but you know, played very well. And uh I think he was a pick. Um I wouldn't have said anyone went in there and said, I want to be in the team by his performance on uh, at the weekend and here on in, but certainly raised a few eyebrows and, and possibly at this moment um asked the Chelsea boss uh, one or two questions.
0: Yeah I, I would agree with Ampadu. I thought I thought he did put in a, a a very good performance. And I think the other thing about him is that you know bearing in mind he's only 17, you know and a lot of our youngsters who are who are who are trying to knock on the door are you know a little bit older than that. So I think given that he he did very well. I think Charlie Masonda is an interesting case in point because you know I think he's a very good player but you know I, I just do think he needs to bulk up a bit I, I think he's a bit you know he's a bit flimsy and lightweight and and i think at that at the highest level at the premier league he's he's going to get he's going to get bounced Bounced around a lot, but, uh, you know, I, I I, mean, the interesting thing with me, I mean, if you're looking at the League Cup and I mean, you know, Conte was moaning about it before the match, saying, oh, it's all too much. We can't cope with all these games, you know, blah, 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 which a lot of the foreign managers tend to do. And of course, the supporters love the League Cup, you know, because we, we get a bigger allocation when we go away and we get a really good one at Wembley if we get to the final. So it's it's well loved by the supporters, no matter how inconvenient it might be to the managers. Um, but I, I think given Conte's issues, uh, you know, with the fact that he's got, you know, a bit of an overload with fixtures and stuff, I, I have to say, I'm just, I mean, I don't know, I'm kind of even-handed on this, but I'm wondering how people would feel if he did decide to just stick with the youngsters, uh, you know, probably not if he, if we got to the final, because most managers will bail out at that stage, but I, I, I wonder, I mean, how would you feel if he stuck with the youngsters and it was an opportunity to give them a chance, perhaps?
1: No, because I, st- I still think it is an opportunity to give them a chance. And but now mm. so the now-sever manager, for me, is, is, is getting the team selection right, depending who you're playing, and giving mm. the, the opportunity to squad players and youngsters. And, and this is what it's about. If you're a good manager, you've got your knowledge, you, you know your players, you, you think you know the strength of your own squad, who you can put in to win the game. And, uh, you know, the, the idea of uh, being a good manager is, is getting the balance of that right. Sometimes you get it wrong and you go crashing out to a minnow. Um, you know, we yeah. have seen big teams go out in this competition because of this situation before. And people will say, oh, we only played kids. Uh, or why did we play the kids? But listen, I always believe you're in it to win it. And that's any game, yeah. any competition. You, you know, the Chelsea Football Club, you don't just throw, throw things away and say, oh, let's play the kids and let's get out of this competition. No, you're in it to win it. And uh, if a kid, Mm. nothing changes. If if a kid wants to get into the team and be playing in the Premier League, you don't just go in and play in the youth team if we play all the kids. You go in and play with the men and you play against men and you play, you know, seasoned professionals no matter which level they're playing at. And that's part of the learning process. And if you deem first first and foremost good enough um, to get into this particular squad, you get in and you go in and play alongside men and they'll tell you exactly what you are expected to do because you'll be a man later on in your life depending where you're. Career ends up, and you'll be telling youngsters exactly the same. So, no, I don't see go and play the kids. It's not a youth team match, it's a match attended mm-hmm. by supporters who go and pay their money. They uh, say, and you know, we want to be entertained and we want to win the game and we want to move on to the next round and ultimately we want to win the competition. So, no, I don't agree, just play the youngsters.
0: Well, exactly. And I think actually at the end of the day, what what, what Conte did was was absolutely spot on. I mean, you know, he he had balance. He didn't field a team of 11 youth players. You know, he he got the balance right. And, you know, one has to hope and think that if he's got a, a 20, 25 man squad, he believes that those players, no matter how old or young they are, even if they're not getting regular first team football, are good enough. I mean, Caballero, for example, I mean, he, he had a cracking game, I thought, and in many respects kept us in it. But I think the other thing that's interesting, which which tallies with what you're saying, is that, you know, no matter who he plays, he wants to win. You know, when we did look a bit shaky in the second half, he did bring some, you know, older heads like Fabregas and Pedro on, and in, in effect, that, that, that turned the game round. So... I think you're right. I think it's a sense of balance, isn't it? But I do, I do feel that you know, given the fixture congestion, it is a good opportunity to to see the likes of Kennedy, Masonda, uh, Ampadu, particularly because I know others like Christensen are getting a game here and there anyway. But it'd be, it, it, it's a good opportunity to see what they can do. So hopefully he'll get that balance right, and when we play Bournemouth at home in the next round, he'll do much the same, and we'll get another win.
1: Well, let's hope that is the case. You know. Um, Bournemouth will start to think quarterfinals, depending on what team Chelsea puts out. Um, My guess is they'll play a fairly strong side. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It depends on Eddie Howe. I mean, managers tend to get the jitters, and it's like one manager trying to outfox another, and the the people on the board and the owners of these clubs starting to think, hang on, there's a Wembley appearance here. There's a bit more money. I mean, there's a bit more... It depends where you're you're looking, of course. From a Bournemouth perspective, I would imagine a Wembley appearance, a possible trophy, two games... Um, you know, let's field a decent side. If Chelsea field, not the side, a weak side, a team full of youth team players or youngsters and get it wrong, then almost will have a good opportunity to uh, get a win and get themselves into a semi. Um, this is what this competition is all about. I expect Chelsea once again. So it's a, it's a cracking draw for us, I have to say. And I feel that um, with the big four, what I call teams that are left in the competition being kept apart, Um, It's a great opportunity for for Chelsea to get themselves into a semi-final with a home draw against a side which most people would consider Chelsea should, whichever team they put out, Mm. be able to beat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to that one. Um, And we'll come back to Bournemouth in a minute, of course, because we've got them on Saturday, so we we need to talk about that. But before we do, uh, just a quick quick look back to Watford. Um, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants eighteen plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. dot com. JK In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, chich! I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys life. <laughs> its all too much. <laughs> I know, J.K. I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have. Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do. my, I mean, I, you know, I hear what you said earlier on. Actually, we, you know, we could have been four one down, and it could have been a disaster. But actually, it wasn't. And I, and I think what what pleased me most, Kerry, was that, you know, given that we were two one down, given that we were actually under the cosh for that period of time, what pleased me most, unlike recent weeks, was that they actually did put a shift in, and they did show, show some fight and resolve, and they got back into that game, and then they won it. Um, and I think in the context of all of that. That was actually a pretty big win for us. I mean, a third defeat on on the spin in the Premier League. That's happened once since 1999, and that was in the you know Jose Mourinho's horrible year uh, when he lost in autumn three on the spin. So I think it was a very big win, but I think more to the point because they showed some fight to get back in it and actually win it.
1: Yes, I agree with you on that one. Um, for the sake. And also gotta pay a little bit of respect and, and, and you know, to a much maligned fella in Batshuayi. Mm, Someone who's been given absolutely. a bit of grief and you know um, you know, he, he gets his stick and listen, as in all walks of life, uh, you've got to take the rough with the smooth and you know, he's had his share of rough at the moment and uh he's come up with some goals, he's he showed a bit of battling spirit, he showed his you know, backing into people, he's he's trying to learn, he's he's taken the criticism that he's had and uh, you know, in that particular game, was a personal triumph for him, I have to say. Mm. And, uh, you know, I I think it would be unfair of people not to give him uh, an opportunity, um, uh, you know, just to state his case and, you know, say, OK, all right, I hear what you're saying. I've taken the criticism and there's a a few goals uh, just to let you know that I'm I'm still about and I'm, I'm still trying and I'm still improving. So who knows? Didier took 18 months to get himself right. We might just have a gem. I don't know. The jury's still out on for me, as I've said before, on yeah. both our strikers. Yeah. and, and yeah. you know, and I, and that's that's as I see it. Um, and until I'm totally convinced, or or when I am, I'll, I'll let everyone know. And people could still ring in to you and say, why is Kerry questioning Morata? Well, I still am, and I'm still questioning Baxhua. So until they're the finished mm-hmm. article, until they're a Grobler, or until they're a possible cost of getting twenty five, thirty goals a season, I'll still sit on the fence.
0: And I think, you know, if anybody has a right to uh, to pass judgment on strikers, Kerry, I'd say it was you, mate. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, I think that tallies very much with Batshuayi because it was interesting after the other game, the other week, I think it might be in the Palace game, Ian Wright was on Match of the Day and, you know, explained exactly why he didn't think he was very good. And a lot of it, uh, you know, was to do with his movement and he, he just wouldn't move to where he thought the ball might go, which would put himself into an excellent scoring position. And I and I mean right he was an absolute master at that, as we both know, as 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 were you. But I think you're right. I think it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, because you had Morata playing and 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 he had one of those matches where he got roughed up and he fell on his ass most of the game and didn't like it. And then you contrasted that with Batsuai, who's as you said, he's taken a hammering for most of most people. And yet he he had seemed to have learnt something because I thought his energy was superb and, and the way that he was trying to hold the ball up as you said he was getting into the defenders faces they don't like that but that headed goal that he scored I thought I thought his movement in the box for that was superb and I thought hello you know he he, he can do this you know I mean we know he can score goals uh, you know, he's he's great. He's a great poacher in the box. But I thought that was a proper striker's goal and I really enjoyed that. And I mean, even the second one, actually, you know, it, 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 you know, he showed his strength on the ball and his determination to get that. But it was his overall play that impressed me, really, and, and also his attitude. And I thought, well, that's really good to see. It means that he is beginning to learn, hopefully.
1: Yep, and uh, that, that, you know, everyone's quick to give out a bit of sticks. So I think uh, praise is... Uh... To be offered in this situation, and I agree with everything you say. Uh, but uh, once again, I won't go overboard, but uh, I think it, uh, it was right to be said in this show.
0: No, quite right. I, I, you know, and I, funnily enough, I, I wrote an article uh, about it this week for, uh, for Football. London, but I was saying much the same thing that, you know, it was excellent performance. There this, there's this and that, there's that about him. But, you know, bottom line is it shows that really we need to be patient with these people and, 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 and I mean in both ways. And I, I and I said that, you know, we can't be too down on them if they put in a bad performance. And on the other hand, if they put in a good one, it doesn't mean that they're, they're a world beater. You know, it, it's about patience and seeing it through. And, you know, frankly, I think come the end of the season, we'll know a lot more, won't we?
1: Certainly will, Dave.
0: All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on from Watford, good as it was, uh, uh, and uh, move on to Bournemouth. Now, I mean, you know, Bournemouth are languishing in, uh, you know, they're nineteenth place at the moment. They're, they're only above Palace by a few points, and and uh, you know, Palace have been shocking apart from when they turned into Barcelona when they beat us. Um, but the bottom line is, mate. Sh- sh- <laughs> well, I, this is the thing: it should be routine, but we said that about Palace. And the other thing that that, that concerns me a little bit about Bournemouth is actually, whereas Palace genuinely looked awful before they played us I think I think Bournemouth have looked a lot better than their position really tells I mean they they were very unlucky to lose at City if you remember and that goal that came in kind of Fergie time and I thought that they yeah. were, they did very well against Tottenham at Wembley and were unlucky to lose that one so this is not a, this is not a very poor team I just think that they kind of find themselves in the wrong position in a sense I mean would, would you agree with that
1: Yes, yeah, I would, and I think it's not going to be an easy game. But nevertheless, I'm still going to come down onto the onto the conclusion. Mm. I'm I'm afraid at Chelsea at home against Bournemouth. I've said it. No matter which team we play in the League Cup, uh, youngsters or whatever, uh, I, I fancy us to win the game, and I think it's a cracking tie. So having said that, when we play what is being considered by the manager the best side that we have available to win this game and pick up three Premier League points, you know you've got to come to the same conclusion that you know <clears throat> we will beat Bournemouth. And
0: yeah, and we got because, we got a good record away. We got a good record down there as well, mate. I mean, we've beaten them four one and three yeah. one in their They're only you know the only two Premier League games we played down at Dean Court. So, you know yeah. that makes me feel, I feel confident because of that in a sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not an easy place to go and play, but you can play who you want at home in the, in the in the League Cup tour. And so we go away, and you know we're talking about the the ability to pick eleven players from each squads. And uh, for Conte to pick pickers, and for Eddie how to pickers, and and come up with a game of football that you know the outcome should be based on what you have at your disposal. Um, yeah, a Chelsea victory. It, it's as simple as that. Um, home or away, it, you know the result will remain the same. It, even though the unpredictability of the Premier League, as you say, Huddersfield Hull- beating United, Palace beating Chelsea, Burnley beating Chelsea, and, and so on, um, it should be. On paper, and no game's ever won on that. Chelsea have got to show the right things, as we say, week in, week out. have got to show the fight. They've got to show the desire. And we've got to hope one or two of our world-class players have good games. And if that be the case, um, I expect Chelsea to win the game. Uh, well, I would say comfortably mm. down there. I'm thinking now by the odd goal. But I think Chelsea should yeah. have too much.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um I mean I think the the, the the key I mean it's actually really interesting. We we had as you know, I, I talked to you about it last week, we had Pat Nevin as our as our special guest at the Chelsea Supporters Trust SGM and and Pat as always was very interesting to listen to, you know, and a lot of people were saying, Well what's going on? Is there something going on behind the scenes? What you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Well, actually, you know, sometimes it really is as simple as one thing, and he thinks really it is down to Kante's absence. Uh, you know, and we we've talked about Chelsea's defensive vulnerability in, in recent weeks, haven't we? Um so, you know, in a sense, no matter who we're playing, is is that still very impo- that's a very important miss for us, isn't it, Kante?
1: Well you said this last week and I I, I actually knocked it down. So Pat's saying it as well. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the back of it and say it's it's uh it's a miss. Uh you know, yeah. he's a good player, um and it is. But uh, what what you're effectively saying is the the, the team before that, when Matic was playing and the same back three or four or whatever, um, you know, it's effectively the same. Um, You take out that midfield player. What you're effectively saying is whoever's being picked in that position is not quite doing their job. Canty does a better job and he's the best at it and he should be in the team and whoever's being picked isn't doing that job. Well, that's a thought-provoking thing because the person being picked in that team or in that position... Um, needs to have a look at himself because what you're effectively saying is if Canty don't play, the defence play crap. Well, yeah. I'm not actually buying it. I, I, th- I think it takes... A- I think... It- yeah. OK, so that's what you're saying. So I'm saying <laughs> um, it, 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 it's it's a case of the people in them positions in front and the defenders have to um, take a look at themselves and say, one, when Canty is playing, why do I play crap? What happens? What goes wrong? Two, yeah. the person stepping into his shoes, what have I got to do to make this shore up and stop the defence shipping goals because if one person could do it that's what i've got to strive to do to get myself into the team on a regular basis so that it doesn't happen again
0: mm. Mm. yeah well absolutely and i i mean pat i'm not trying to gang up with you uh, uh, you know with pat <laughs> honestly gary but i mean the other interesting thing that he said was that you know uh taking kante out of the equation really doesn't help largely because if he has so much energy on the pitch and he gets around he puts in those important tackles and the other thing he thinks that we've been worked out a little bit because people are you know attacking us down the flanks and they're finding space behind the wing backs and and that's also putting pressure on the defense as well I mean the interesting thing is going back to the Everton game one person we didn't mention which perhaps we should have done is the fact that Danny Drinkwater made his debut for Chelsea Uh, I'll be interested to hear what you thought of him because I think you know the person that we were not talking about as not doing their job was Fabregas, basically, because Fabregas has been picked instead of Kante while he's been out injured. And I don't think it's a question of Fabregas not doing his job. I think it's Fabregas being asked to do a job he can't actually do. And I think that's slightly different. Fair enough? And possibly, yeah, possibly drink. Because I, I actually I actually like Fabregas, but I think he should be played higher up the pitch, frankly. I don't think he's, you know, he's he, he should be a deep-lying midfielder. But Drinkwater possibly could fulfil that role. And I'm, I'm curious as to what you thought of it, without you know going back to Everton too much. Did you think he did all right?
1: Yes, I did. And I think I fully agree with exactly what you said. Fabregas was picked for that particular job. And he is um, in the wrong position because he's not a holding midfield player. He's a creative no. midfield player. And, oh, that, yeah. and that goes yeah. on to question Conte, for example. Why is he picking Fabregas in that position to do that job? Um, you yeah. know, that's... That's one of them situations, you know. Is he picking? Is he trying to put square pegs in round holes and stuff like that, you know? Um, let's get it right. Mm. And if you're getting it wrong, well, that's the reason the team is shipping goals. If you want to take on board all what you and Pat are saying. But, I'll, you know, that's a, it's another argument. Um, what I was saying about Danny Drinkwater is, yes, he's got more to his all-round game and he could possibly adapt at that position better than Fabregas. Mm. Um, he, you know, he's a bit more tenacious. He's a bit, he gets in and around it. Fabregas tries to do it, but you know, he's not a holding midfield player. So you know, that's where we are with that one. But um, no, I think Danny Drinkwater was decent, and I think he'll be a decent addition to the squad um, now that he's got himself fit. And uh, yeah, I see him challenging for a midfield position.
0: Yeah, good. Well, I, I'd be interested to see what 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 uh, team you know Conte picks on on Saturday. That being the case, I'd, frankly, I'd be surprised to see Drinkwater get a start because, of course, he's only just come back from injury. So, I'd be surprised if he got if he got a game. Well, I've got to start on Saturday, certainly. I mean, I'd like to see Fabregas much higher up. I'd like to see him in the box doing what he did with that goal for William. That's what we, but that's what Fabregas does best. So, I still do think we have a bit of a conundrum in midfield while Kante's out. But that, that having been said, how do you see this going, Kerry? Are we going to win?
1: Um, I think we'll win the game. Of course, I do. I mm. think uh, Chelsea will win. I think uh, Fabregas will play. Um, It's going to be interesting because away from home, he likes to play the two older midfield players. Um, I don't know what he'll have at his disposal. You say Drinkwater won't play. I wouldn't be desperately sure that he won't play. But I think you'll look at the team. I think Bournemouth, Fabregas, yeah. Yeah. probably. That's what I'm thinking. Um, But I don't really know what shape. At the moment, he'll be in as much confusion, I feel, as the supporters are in what we are. Um, Mm. He might have a better insight into what he thinks, knowing what players and state of mind are the players. He trains with them, you know, daily. Um, But nevertheless, I think that uh, all positions at the moment are up for grabs and uh, that's what I truly feel.
0: Mm. No, it's interesting. I mean, I, to be—I mean, having said what we've said, it seems a bit bit daft to say this. But actually, I think against a team like Bournemouth, where we'll probably get more space and won't get pressed as much, um, you know, Fabregas and Yoko would be okay. I—I—I I, I, I don't see too many problems with that. I think it's the teams that get in your face and press you from the word go. That's and really pressurise the midfield. That's where we can be found out there like you i think we're going to win to be honest mate I, I you know the table i'm having you know we are a better team than bournemouth bottom line if we turn up and play to our best we will win but i don't think it'll be easy so i'm i'm going to i think you mentioned 2-1 earlier i think i'm i'm thinking much the same
1: yep 2-1 chelsea mate and uh, that, that's how i see it um i, I think they always get a goal at the moment the opposition and i think mm. uh, yeah we're, we'll we'll score one more than them
0: yeah, exactly. All right, mate. Well, let's hope that that pans out. Uh, I can't wait. Looking forward to that. Normally, I have a. I've been lucky enough to get a ticket down there in recent years, but uh, it, they are like uh, the proverbial rocking horse shit, Bournemouth tickets. Because of course, you only get about twelve, <laughs> twelve, thirteen hundred people down there. So, I've missed out. So uh, I'm. Would you believe it? I'm. I'm on my way to to London today to go and see Sheik in the O2 tonight. So I'll get my dancing shoes on, and then I shall be watching it on the telly like a lot of other people tomorrow. But either way, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too, mate.
1: Excellent, Sheik. I remember him very well. Um, few good, a few go. big hits, and of course, uh, of course, their, their lead man has gone on to world success with numerous other bands.
0: He has. He's an absolute genius, but there you go. Definitely definitely of your and my era, Sheik, uh, aren't they, uh, <laughs> Kerry? So I'm treat, treating Mrs Chidge tonight, so we're going to have a good time. Listen, mate, uh, we, you and I will catch up next week. Looking forward to that one already, but have a cracking weekend, and let's hope Chelsea bring home the points.
1: I'm sure they will, Dave. See you next week.